It's the Jason Pridmore Bus Greg White's Balls podcast presented by Bike911.com. Welcome, everybody. Go ahead, JP. What you got to say? Nothing. Why, <laughs> why would you lead into that? Why would you say that? I don't know. I got a feeling. That's it's, it's season's over. I, well, a lot of people that know you would us. disagree with that comment. <laughs> feeling? You people. have no feelings. Yeah, I know. Uh, every time someone walks up to us at the at the racetrack, it's like, oh, I listen to your podcast. I'm like, thank you so much. You and Jason, first thing comes out of my mouth. F Jason Primor. F Jason Primor. I get that. People say that to me. How do you they say that? Me, how do you think that makes me feel, G Dub? Hurts my uh, feet. Hurts my feeling. The one that you don't have. <laughs> no, I would imagine when they say it to you, you giggle. You I think giggle that we bust each back. other up enough on here that people, when they see us, they say whatever they got to say just to like see if they can. You know, I get to, they they tell me stuff. They tell me the stuff. So and I and I give it back. About you, I I I I give them information about what to say to you. <laughs> But there's a group of people. I get, is that why I get some weird comments? Some there's very a group of people out there that have the shitties with you of leaving that dinner on Sunday night. You just were there and then you you disappeared. Ninety people, and I had more than one or two people like come up to me, like, "Dude, where'd G Dub go?" I it, it, honestly had no idea anybody would even know I was go- that even well, knew I, mean, I would be gone. First off, first off, it's not. You know, there were so many people. You're there. not. You're not five foot tall, hundred pounds. You know, they're going to notice when you're there and they're going to notice when you're gone. Yeah. You missed a good nice dinner. Though. It was nice. I got to, I got to chat up Rispoli, Corey a little bit. I mean, I, yep. it was like, it was like Corey Alexander was like, it was like a wedding party. You know what I mean? Like it was good dude. people. Have it, was good. it was good around. to be there. It was Saw amazing. Richie. Richie Alexander. I think Saw he smiled CJ. for the first time in 2022. Richie was there Atta smiling. Boy, Richie. Atta he was, boy. he was, he was one of them. Where, where'd he go? I said, I don't know. I said, I saw him walk past my table and I thought he was at the end of the, down there with the boys and you weren't, you split. Well, you know, I don't drink, right? And everybody was drinking their drink on, which is, which is fine. I don't I, drink. You know, I don't, I, I have, love that. I did have no a drink problem. or so, but I don't no, drink. No, no. What I'm saying is time-wise, I was starving, bro. I was absolutely starving. It was like Listen, 8, man. 820. Listen. And I was like, dude, I got to eat. Everybody and I know there that, is you know, in the same boat. It doesn't ain't gonna hurt you to well, fast. Well, no, people a had lunch. Hours. I would think that people had lunch or something. I didn't have any yeah. lunch. You're, you're okay. I didn't really have any snacks. And now, my guy, my guy, I'm on you now. Now I know I'm on you, my guy Trey Russ. You guys are all in this little weight loss thing. I'm pulling for you. You got all you got all the essentials that you need. You can do it. That's right. I'm saying the Vegas wanna, odds. Did I tell you what the name favorite. of our little the, the our little weight loss group is? Did I tell you that? I can hardly wait to hear it. It's the M.A. Chunky Hunks. Is that what it is? The M.A. That's Chunky Hunks. That's the name hunks. of the group. Moto America Chunky Hunks. That's right. But, That's but right. I'm not gonna. I'm not going to mention any names of people that are in it. I'm gonna let you do that because if you somebody just did. <laughs> well, There's no, because I know Russ and Trey. I know Russ and Trey are actually in it, though. I do know that. Yeah. They're so, act- well, so I'm not gonna mention anybody else's names in case they're not in it and they listen to the podcast. They're gonna be like, hey, "What are you saying, JP?" You know? Yeah. Anyway, uh, this is presented by Bike911.com. If you need some legal advice, you got contract. It's off-season, right? So if you're a racer and you're going to do a deal with somebody, make sure you reach out to Alex Asante. He's done a bazillion of those contracts. You have any legal issues, get a hold of Bike911.com. This podcast, we're going to be talking about <laughs> Moto America season finale, World Superbike, MotoGP, all kinds of great stuff. If you want to... Uh, 
you want to support the channel because you like what we do, we certainly appreciate it. It's patreon.com slash Greg's Garage TV. Going to come up with some content over the winter. Uh, I think, Jay, that, you know, while you're off gallivanting the world and teaching people how to be better, safer, more proficient motorcycle racers, which obviously at times can translate into being faster. I'm not saying speeds. We're not looking for speed, right, JP? It just happens. It happens when you use the right techniques and you're comfortable, you know, know, but uh, what I'm saying is while you're gallivanting around the world doing your thing, all right, I I might do a little uh, kind of where are they now? Some where are they now stuff, you know? Yeah, I'd love to do that too. That'd be fun. Yeah. Yeah, it would be fun so, to get some people on here that we haven't heard from in a while or seen or talked to, or I just think it'd be dude, a good I want to, I want to get Miguel on talk about Josh Hayes. Oh, can you imagine? <laughs> what if we got them on secretly together and they didn't know the other one was on uh, the line? Uh, <laughs> that'd be all right. Pretty good. That'd be great. No, you know, it would be, you know, it'd be brutal is get Josh Hayes and uh, Blake Young on at the same time. That would be, that would be something. No, there'd be some, you know, there would be some fun little side like get Spees and Maladin on there, you know that kind of thing. Oh, holy shit! Shit! Wow! <laughs> Kaboom! You know what I mean? Yeah, uh, dude. You know what I'm talking dude. about? Hey, you know what dude, I'm talking you know what I mean? about? Hey, did you anyway. see Asante's kids are killing it in mountain bike and mentioning bike nine one dot com? Are they really? And Alex finished like second or third in the plus fifty category. He looked pretty fit in his picture too. So that's great for those guys. Yeah, stoked, stoked to see him like doing something with his kids and. It was a fun weekend, man. It was busy, though, huh? I mean, between all the Moto America stuff, then trying to keep up on like the stuff that was going on in Japan with with uh, with MotoGP and Catalonia. Greg and I are going to try to rip through this thing and try to give as much information as we know and can without it turning into three hours. So we probably already raced in ten minutes, but but it was a it was a busy it was a fun weekend. It was a good it weekend was. and a fun one. So yeah. So we'll kick it off with some news presented by Arai. Well. Did you know that all Arai helmets are lined with an antimicrobial material? Yeah, it's true. The interior liner gives you odor resistance, dirt resistance, and those antimicrobials that you love so much. Do you know you can stay fresher longer and enjoy a comfortable ride in the latest Arai helmet? Check out AraiAmericas.com, pick out what you like, head down to your local dealer for fitment, and grab yourself a new lid. AraiAmericas.com. You think I should, maybe this winter, because I have a little bit of free time, there is a website for voice, voice actors. Do you think anybody would give a rat's ass if my voice was in a commercial did you I literally meet, did you meet the did you meet jason that does the uh voice over for the i did uh, not get to meet him no he was like he was he was in our area but he was like talking with wayne and those guys i think great guy I saw him. great guy really? really cool and he said that's the first motorcycle race. he said he didn't know anything about motorcycle racing before Nothing. the start of the year when Is they that hired crazy? him yeah yeah pressure yeah, to rise really, pressure to rise and great pressure to rise. I, I hate to say it i i gotta start watching them i haven't watched them and i don't know why i haven't i just haven't i gotta start watching them yeah, they're really informative, dude. Yeah, I mean, they, they do. They do a good job. Everybody loves them. Yeah, with the time everybody that they in Europe have watches and... them. Everybody in Europe. Oh, watches really? Them. Oh, everybody. That's how all the world superbike guys keep up on our series. Ah, very. They good. all watch it. Hmm, it's pretty cool. Maybe they should. Maybe should double the length of the show. You know, it's pretty cool. But Jay, no kidding. Years ago, uh, I had a friend of mine who was coordinating producer Saturday Night Live, and we went to talk to like a voiceover agent. Yeah. Right? And the guy literally said, your voice has no distinction. No one would ever want to hear it. Nobody cares. So no thank you. Um, <laughs> okay. I was like, well, that's pretty okay. clear. Well, I, yeah. I was like, all right. Well, I, I guess I, I shouldn't Failed. do that. Failed? I shouldn't do that. I yeah. shouldn't do that. Yeah. I shouldn't do that. All right. Well, yeah. let's start Get off some uh, with some news. Do it. Yeah. Start with some news, Jay. Um, 
Well, former Moto America Superbike racer, and I don't know if he's coming back. So former meaning because the season's over. He might come back. He might not come back. We don't know yet. Uh, Danilo Petrucci is set to return to MotoGP paddock. It was announced on Monday that the Italian will fill in for the injured Joan Mir on the factory Suzuki this weekend in Thailand. Jay, I want to know your thoughts because the dude was on what? Factory KTM within one year, within 12 calendar months, factory KTM MotoGP bike. He races the Dakar on a KTM. He comes here to Moto America on a factory-level superbike. And on top of that, now he's going to be on a Suzuki and MotoGP. That's mm. a hell of a year, in my opinion. It's a great year. It's a fun year. That's To me, that's uh, you know he enjoys riding a bike, even though sometimes I don't know how much he enjoys riding a bike, but he does enjoy it. I really had a good time talking with him Sunday evening, and that'll be something for another podcast. But we really got to sit and talk to Danilo for probably, what, 30 minutes? Uh, just outside yeah. our booth. It was really yeah. fun talking to him. And Jake as candid Gagne, as he, you know, is great, candid. Jake and Gagne that, yeah. came in. And what was really funny is they were talking about weight. And it was great when Jake pulls up the bottom of his shorts and you see Jake's legs. And then you, <laughs> Petrucci does the same. Petrucci just got done looking like he did the Tour de France. And, yeah. and Gagne's legs aren't, let's say, as big. And you're like, well, there's where some of that weight comes from that we heard him talking about so much in MotoGP about how much bigger he was and this and that. But, yeah, you know, Danilo, when you talk to him in person and face to face like that, man, he's he's just a really good guy. He's a really, really good guy. So it would be great to see him come back. And I and I want to see him do well, obviously, on that Suzuki over there. It, it would it's a bike that I would love to ride. I mean, I, you, you talk amongst the riders in the paddock and like, which MotoGP bike would you like to ride if you could ride any of them? And for the longest time it was like, Yeah, I'd love to ride the Suzuki. It just seems kind of like the total package. Um, but I think it's cool that he gets to do that. What a, what a life. What a great life. I mean, you you were riding a Suzuki at the beginning of the pandemic when you got an Xbox on MotoGP. I was. And you were pretty fast. You got pretty fast in that thing in a couple of days. Yep, I was. Yeah, video games. Um, I, I'm pumped for him. I think um, I went and looked. So he, he was there in Thailand in 18 and 19, and he finished, I think, ninth both times. One time he was on the the Pramac Ducati, and then the second time he was on the factory Ducati. The first time he finished about 10 seconds behind in ninth, and the second time he finished like 25 seconds, 29 seconds back. So he's got track knowledge there. Um, it's it's interesting. I mean, you know, he listen, he's got a direct line to, to Ducati, so mm-hmm. he's definitely going to report back to Ducati on what he sees and what he feels, but it's, you know, obviously Suzuki's not returning to MotoGP, so... It's kind of the last hurrah with four rounds left. But I think it's right. great for Petrucci. Um, I know that he wanted to ride that bike when they offered it to him initially, but he was still involved in Moto America on a Ducati. And so no was was the word. So we'll keep an eye on him. Congratulations to the U.S. Motocross of Nations team. They claimed victory in Buchanan, Michigan at Redbud over the weekend. Eli Tomac, Chase Sexton, Justin Cooper did an awesome job in their respective classes. Um, you know, the guys who you thought would win would win. In, including um, Jet Lawrence ended up winning, but obviously he represents Australia. But we wanted the nations, and from all yeah. accounts, there was a crowd like ridiculously sized, mm, 40,000, wow. 60,000 people at times, yeah. I started listening to the Pulp Show on the plane last night on my way home, and I got about 30 minutes into it, and I was I was actually pretty tired because we had a pretty good day yesterday. Got to ride with Sport Bike uh, track time there at Barber. And man, track was smooth as silk. I hadn't ridden there in a couple of years, Greg, but I was, I was beat. Cause I, I think I did like 12 laps yesterday. So I was pretty hammered. And, uh, 
So I got, by the time Wait, I got on the plane last night, on Barber wore you out, wore me out today. I felt like I just got done being in the gym for five hours. I need to, st- mm-hmm. I need to get on it myself, but no, I, I not really. I did. I did the end of the day. I did one session on Kolb's bike and I did one session on, uh, on, on Michael on Kolb's Gilbert's bike. Jason, yeah. why exactly yeah. could you have done laps on Kolb's bike? Was Kolb not because there? He, he's not there again. He know? wasn't there. No, he had mm. a lot of fun racing it. 107 degree heat. Chuck Wallet was sounding like a blast oh. out there this weekend. And just the weather. So alone. he. So let me get this straight. Cole went to Chuck Walla, a track yeah. which he's done 9.40 million, million laps times. around. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. Instead of going to the amazing Barber Motorsports mm. Park, where he had a motorcycle there, the pavement yeah. is absolutely stellar. The environment is ridiculous. So he's keep going. That just keep he, doing it. Keep going. Huh? I love this. It's I'm good. just it's curious. Great. No, I'm, no. I, I'm, I'm not. I'm not saying. I'm, I'm, I'm literally trying to figure out why Cole yeah. wouldn't show up. Well, no, but okay. I mean, I, you put it out to the listeners. You're 50. What is he? 59 years old. I don't even know how old he is now. Cole? But you, yeah, mm, yeah, ish. Yeah. 60. 59. Uh, you, you got a bike on a trailer that you've already paid to go to all the races. Right. It's sitting there. You got people that do all the work for you, which Cole's right. the best at. Like, right? Mm-hmm. Doesn't you know? And. uh and you had a perfect day, and you were supposedly going to hang out with all your friends. Ah. Apparently, he has friends well, in Chuckwalla too, though, which is fine. Friends might be a little bit of a uh, stretch, but stretch. you know what I mean, you know. Sure. Um, yeah. But but and then but like did I mention that he already paid for the bike to go all over the country, and he could have gone to Barber, and he could have gone to see the museum, and he could have hung right. out with his friends and had a perfect day. Right. Blew it all off. Anyways, love yeah. you, Kolb. Really, yeah. I think he's you're out. Just, you're a factory you're a writer for maker. a day. Factory rider for Ooh. a day, he's out. So we were going to talk slot, to you. Slots, if if you get your bike back from Tony Romo sometime in the next seven mm-hmm. or eight years, you're in. <laughs> All right. You're in. <laughs> and the new svelte me is going to want to get on the track and drag some knee if I ever get lean angle enough to do it. Yeah, uh, there you go. Well, there you go. So motocross I the I, Sorry, motocross the nations. I'm pumped for our team. It sounded like everybody stepped up. It sounded like the key there judging by what like Weege and a couple of the guys said was the Americans were just like forbidden to crash or give points away that way. And so like Sexton felt like he could have maybe tried to make a run at jet, but it was like, okay, I'm it was second. muddy, right? It was, yeah, it, was, it was muddy, yeah, it was muddy. which made the place real one lined. So it, you know, it, it sounded like the weather, unfortunately, uh, wasn't the, the best. I, you know, obviously we didn't get to see any of that, which was a drag, but, um, but yeah, so uh, yeah, the, those guys went it. Greg, I got I to gotta just say real quick, you know, over the weekend, we kept on hearing a lot of things about K-Tech suspensions. Lenny Albin, who's been in our paddock for a bunch of years, we heard a lot of the racers um, paying their thoughts off about him getting better and hoping that he recovers. Uh, Lenny did suffer a heart attack, and he never recovered from it. We lost him yesterday. And if you knew Lenny, I, I got to spend some time with him and talk with him at times. And he's just a good guy, great guy. Um, and it's just a, it's a real sad day yesterday. There was a lot of people at the track that were – pretty affected by it. So, um, you know, thinking about Lenny and his family and his kids and everybody else and, uh, you know, wishing everybody, um, the best and obviously a tough time. So, um, yeah, moving forward, I just, I, it, he was, he was a really good dude. Did you get to spend much time with him or talk to him at all? Oh yeah. Over the yeah. years, of course, you yeah, know, of course, just yeah. like literally business, like he was always willing to help anybody, you know what yeah. I mean? When it came to the suspension and stuff like that. And so, yeah, I mean, you know, every now and then we'd we'd run into each other and have a chat. More times than not, we would pass each other by, you know, yep. because we're both working. But there were oh, there yep. were a few times over the years for sure. Yeah, and you know, like it's funny because as you get older, those those moments when you do that, it's like it just doesn't hurt to 
hey, what's going on? You know, just give them a shout out or a Yelp or something. And it's like, I have found myself definitely over the years a lot trying to get much better at that, you know? And, um, you know, Aaron said something to me, Aaron Yates said something to me pretty interesting at Jersey. He's like, man, it was just so good to see you walking around. And it's like, I went and got injections in my leg today. And it's been since December that I had those. And, um, you know, it's like the injections make it to where I can walk a little bit more. And the last couple rounds, two, three rounds, I was able to walk around the paddock more and just catch up with people and talk to people. And even if it's nothing else, getting used to getting, getting to know some of the younger riders so that as we get to see them progress through the years, it's a lot of fun just getting to know some of them. So anyways, Moto America, Greg, I think when you look at our overall season and going into 23, there's a lot of hype. There's a lot of people talking about it next year. It all came down to the Moto, the Medallia Moto America Superbike Championship at Barber. We had a four-point thing going in. I think that Friday morning session was super key for me watching it. And um, it was really funny because Gagne rolled out, Cam rolled out behind him, Peterson, and Gagne was immediately up to speed. By midway through the session, Cam had already gone quicker, and Cameron had broken the lap record at Barber in the first Friday session of the weekend. Now, when you started to look at it, I kept on waiting for Danilo to just – I really felt like this was going to be a great weekend for that Ducati. I thought smooth track. He's been there. He's tested there. Heard some of the times he did there. I thought – I really did think it would be a shootout between the the Yamahas that we have in the field and, and that Ducati. And it just never really materialized. It was – Danilo ended up qualifying fifth. PJ Jacobson was a standout to me this weekend. PJ Jacobson deserves a ride. He deserves to be in the paddock. Um, and then the Yamaha boys just did their thing, didn't they? But Cam is definitely riding at a little bit of a different level with something they found in Jersey and looked fast all weekend. And I just think when I look back at it, um, I is it, Greg, I mean, you is it just a Ducati thing? Is it really just all down to the tires? Is it, I, I just feel like they don't have the data. I think if they, as they develop more data for the tracks that we go to, they might be able to make some more subtle changes to the motorbike as we go to them next year. I think this year's bike was much better than last year's. That's why I think it would be so crucial to get Danilo back here and get the same rider at the same tracks, same tires, and see if there's anything they can do to make this better. I just... I mean, I know we kind of overstate the tire situation a little bit, and I and I will admit that that's that's you know there there are a lot more factors. It's it's the fact that the Dunlops are very stiff, the chassis is very stiff on the Ducati. It's it's just more engineering. I mean, you look at what how you can tune. I mean, look, man. Yeah, I was having a conversation with someone about this today, Jason, and the comment was Yamaha just makes a good bike. They win yeah. all over the world. They Where's do. Ducati one? You know, where's Ducati one? I mean, you have well, Batista leading the world, world championship now. We'll get to that in a little bit, but yeah. Right. But, but, but they haven't won. They haven't won the world Superbike, right? Like, because what was interesting about that was there was a comment made by Batista saying, Hey, now we know that the Ducati is finally good everywhere. Right. Yep. But it hasn't been Oh, It has its strengths, has weaknesses. It's one, it's one, what BSB, I think, but the rider who was on Ducati, who's now on Yamaha is also, or whatever is off Ducati is leading the championship. So is it bike or is it rider? Um, and then some like Italian stuff, but where's Yamaha one everywhere, everywhere, MotoGP, world Superbike, BSB. you know, BSB here. Everywhere. Like it's a good bike. It's, it's a great package. It's a great package. So anyway, I, I don't know. 
I mean, I know that, you know, that there's team stuff going on that we might find out, you know, like what's going to happen with, uh, you know, everything from mechanics to crew chiefs to, re, you know, reorganization. I don't know. There's a lot of stuff going on in the off season. I know that all parties involved are, are pumped with Moto America in terms of the fan attendance and those types of things. But, you know, there's always issues, but there's some sweeping rule changes that are coming about that are going to play, you know, well in the hands of the Ducati, right? Like we talked about on air, they have new, um, you know, new transmission uh, rules for those people that missed it. You have your street transmission, you go first, neutral, second. These World Superbike spec transmissions that are going to be legal in Moto America next year, basically, they don't have a neutral. So you have a lever that engages and disengages the transmission. You pull the clutch in, you push the lever in, you let the clutch out, you're in first gear. And they all go the same direction. So there's no blown through neutral. It's a big safety issue. That'll be a, that'll Jason, be on street your, bikes before right. long, don't you reckon? I think so. I, if they can make it so it's fail safe, I would I would think. Yeah, but um, what, they, you know, what we have right now isn't fail safe, right? I mean, it's, essentially, it's not. No, yeah, that's true. People, I mean, how, how many how many riders have you known in your career? I mean, I'm obviously it's just couldn't count supposition, it. How right? many false neutrals yeah. getting? Oh, false. You know, neutral. and and, and these neutral. bikes now they're you know with the auto blips and they're you know there's a lot of places where. We go where that you can utilize first gear, even in even in super sport bikes. Um, there there are true. places, and so this is just another one of those things where I think that they will find their way, and they will, who knows, two, three, four years from now, it'll be the normal. I, yep. To be honest with you, G Dub, because I'm not a technical guy, I've never understood why it's not like that. Anyways, I remember having this discussion some ten years ago about like, man, it wouldn't it be great if you could eliminate the neutral after you get after you get rolling, and and. Yeah. I was too stupid to think that that would ever become a thing. And now it is. <laughs> and, and it's very interesting to me. And, um, it doesn't sound like it's a hugely, hugely expensive upgrade at all. Um, it's, I it's heard not. anywhere from 1400 to three grand, I think is what you said, or somebody told me. So, yeah, but actually the drum itself, like Stan Bowley told me the drum was, I think six or $800, you know? So, so now, now if you have eight motors in your rotation and it does cost $2,000, you know, okay, 16k. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I understand, but but how much how much does crashes crashes cost? Well, false news, right? They're brutal and they stink, and you know that's a whole other podcast. I mean, I think it'll it just is, be interesting anyway. to see what goes on. I mean, at the end of the weekend, Jake Gagne goes on and wins this championship. Greg um, over Danilo Petrucci. It was well fought. It was hard fought. We still never got the duel between those two that we thought we would get at some point during the season. It was only because of Danilo misfortune or Gagne misfortune that the championship was as close as it was. When Gagne failed, Danilo was there to pick up the pieces and do a great job doing so, getting five wins. Cam Peterson rode really well this year. He ended up solidifying third in the championship over Matthew Skultz. Matthew rode really well this weekend in race two. He had a lot of little miscellaneous kind of things that were going on with him. I believe his tire spun on the wheel. I heard, I heard him say that in the post-race. Um, mm. when he went up and talked to Cam, I heard him actually say, he's like, oh, my tire spun on the rim and he had some other things. So he wasn't as competitive maybe in the second race as he would have liked throughout. Um, so when you start to look at, at the season, I think the guy that we thought would win the championship won the championship. It was a very roundabout way of how it happened. Um, and now with some of the, 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 the things that we're hearing that could change for next year, um, with the assumption or, or with the idea that allegedly that Cam Bobier is going to be back here next year. 
you have the makings of a really cool championship. If you had, you know, you could have three different brands, Ducati, Yamaha, BMW. And then we don't know what M4 is going to do. You and I both know that there could be some sweeping changes there for the better for that team, which, which would be great for Chris Ulrich and that whole team. We need those guys to be competitive. So I think this year was a really neat, a, a good year. I definitely think there was a hell of a lot more fans this year, especially in our last sort of four closing races. When you look at Brainerd, Pittsburgh, Jersey, Jersey, they came out in droves. Pittsburgh, um, Brainerd was insane. And then, of course, Barber. I didn't expect that many people to come out on Saturday because of the Bama was playing in Tuscaloosa. And, yeah. and that place was packed. Well- it was packed. I think I think that was an evening game, right? So that was that helped us out a little bit. But that's a legit thing that happens. Just as much as in Jersey, if the Eagles play at home, it definitely sucks some crowd away from us. The who? And they were what team? Oh, the three and O Eagles? You talking about? Feagles. Three and O, by the way. The thank you. The Philadelphia Feagles. Mm-hmm. Okay. Keep See going. How I did that. Uh huh. Keep talking. Yeah, whatever. I know, dude. Every time, every time the Eagles win, I just cringe because I'm like, oh man, it's a, just another. We're one and. One and two, and you're three and zero. Oh. Anyway, enough about the football talk. Save all your hate mail. We're going to keep talking about racing. But yeah, at the end of the day, it was a great championship. It, it was, was intriguing. Really nice to have Petrucci. It was intriguing. It was intriguing. It was nice to have Petrucci here. He slammed the series at the beginning of the year, and but it, but he created a lot of interest in Europe about what he's doing. You have websites that are really high, heavily trafficked over in Italy, like GP1.com. And they always did, you know, stuff about Petrucci. It's the little things like when the press release comes out from Suzuki, they mention nothing about Moto America. You know what I mean? All they're saying is, oh, this guy has 10, 11 podiums, two race wins in GP, and he's on our bike and shit. And you're just like, that's the kind of thing where I just go, seriously, he just got done finishing second in Moto America. Yeah. Give the guy some even credit say there that. Too. Yeah, I get it. Don't say Ducati. But yep. like, you know, because it's, but, but dude, come on. Like Suzuki, you know, GP program. Don't be stupid about it. I mean, the world knows they've been watching what Petrucci's doing. And the fact is, Jason, that even though even though the championship was as close as it was in points, we all know that Gagne was... And Petrucci said it many times. He just never found the speed that Gagne had. It's not to say that Petrucci couldn't go as fast, given the same bike and given time on the bike. I'm not saying yeah. that. Yeah. But Gagne's un, he's just unreal, dude. He's unreal. Well, I mean, you got to so- remember, it just goes back to... It just goes back to what we talk about. And and I think that, um, you know, I just think that there's, could they change some things within the team structure that Danilo's in to make it better? Could they? I don't know. I, I don't know because yeah. I don't know. But, I mean, there could be little things that could be changed. There could be little things. Because what you have to remember is that team is two years in on Ducatis. And really the first year – was a little bit of a wipe, right? This year they brought in yeah. more personnel from Italy that were much more involved in the program. The results were much better. And I feel that if Loris Baz would have been on that bike this year, you would have seen improvements with him from last year. I really do. Like, But now we have Danilo. Now, what we don't want is another rider to come in next year. It would be really neat if Danilo could stay on that path. I was really impressed with how well he rode on Sunday. The guy never gave up. And if you looked at him on the grid prior to the start of the race, he was really loose. There was a couple of people that you could tell he gave hugs to that it like really meant to, like something to him. Like he was he was smiling. It was like he was enjoying his time, which is good. Um, 
So is there is there something – what can that team do moving forward? And I'm sure these discussions are already in play. Um, I thought Cam Peterson, I thought, I thought he rode well this year. I think he's going to be a different guy next year. He's going to have a great offseason coming off that weekend, Greg. We spoke with him. I saw him Sunday night at the place that you left, if you remember, at the beginning of the podcast. We talked about you gone. So I ended up talking to him for quite a while. Stop tapping the desk or I'm going to punch you in the uvula. Yeah, that's, that's what you get. You're going to have to keep editing this out. <laughs> so um, And so basically, friends are for. talking to Cam, he's, he's going into the offseason on a positive um, big positive Cam Peterson. Yeah. Oh my gosh. And Matthew as well. Greg, let's talk about PJ Jacobson. I mean, I don't know why, but it seems like every year PJ races other than the years he was on that real, real shitbox Honda over in world Superbike that most people probably would have quit on. He rode amazing. And to pass Petrucci last corner, last lap, I think was even a bigger statement of how bad he would like to be here next year. Um, and deserves to be here. Yep. I, I, I think PJ is one of those guys where the, the talent is just undeniable. You know, yeah. it's just, I, you know, I think the thing that's interesting is he's not a marquee rider like Petrucci, who's coming, who literally came off of KTM factory, you know, MotoGP bike comes into our series. So people were like, blah, blah, blah. He's not a Jake Gagne who's, you know, now a stable in the paddock, right? Like, or a, a, a Cameron Bobier who was, you know, for all those years. So it's, it's, I don't know why it's like that with him, with, with, yeah. uh, with PJ, but the guy's unbelievably talented. So yeah. I would love to see him stay here. I've yeah. heard rumors of possibility of us losing him to BSB again. I hope that doesn't happen. I hope he ends up staying here. I so saw his post. It, it was really well written, to be honest with you. He thanked the team, thanked everybody, and said how bad he'd like to stay in Moto America for 23. So maybe okay. nothing is completely done there yet, right? So mm. it would be good to see him stay here. Yeah. And he, and he, and he should be on a super bike. Oh, yeah, 100% on a super bike. I think, I think that PJ was hesitant to get on a super bike. He got on it. Now I think he's committed to super bike again. You know, he's yeah, really he come great. around. But but some of that credit has to go to, to Scotty Jensen, honestly. Oh, yeah, it's the chief. team. Dude, he can't yeah, do it alone, man. Can't do it alone. And I think that, that, you know, it's all... We've seen this, Jay, year after year after year. The way that a crew chief lo looks at and speaks racing it can be different from... is mo almost always different from the way a rider looks at and speaks about racing. Yeah. So it's a matter of that crew chief sorting through what they're really trying to say. And once they started to figure that out in the season, there were some new bits and pieces that were made to the bike and first, you know, first attempt at a, at a link and, and at cups up front to do different stuff with the front end of the bike. And next thing you know, PJ's found some comfort. He found some speed. And more importantly at Barber, what they found was longevity in that tire. Yeah. In, in the rear tire for PJ, which is one of the things that he's been, he's been lacking. So yeah, who knows what's going to happen with Titler's team as well? Um, with like Hector you know, Barber, I, we don't know where he's going to be. Yeah, I mean, I know he's all his dudes run one-year contracts, right? So, yep. it's going to be exciting off-season to see how chips fall into place. It's not MotoGP; these things don't get decided, you know, in June midway and stuff through like the that. year. Yeah, yeah. But thank but goodness that, for us because we'll be able yeah. to talk about it in the podcast. Yeah, yeah. Richie Escalante so. had kind of a weird weekend. He he rode well, Greg. I mean, Hector Barber. Talk about him real quick. Uh, first day, no, he, uh, second day, he ended up 10th. Not really sure why, but Hector was off the back. First day, he ended up fifth behind his teammate. Um, Richie Escalante crashed out of fifth, I believe, the first day. 
came back to end up sixth over uh, over his teammate Jake Lewis. I, I actually had dinner with Jake uh, on Sunday night. He sat across from me. And we, he said he felt really good, and he said, "Man, he goes with like five or six to go." Jace, I just had no tire left. He's like, "It was backing in on me, off throttle coming in, and that was a bit frustrating." Hayden Gillum, who we're going to talk about here in a minute as well. I mean, Greg, he's another guy. Hayden Gillum deserves to be on a superbike, a proper one. What he did with Disrupt this year, I thought was really good. He ended up he ended up sixth on the first day and eighth on the second day. Um, rode good. Kyle Wyman, I, I mean, Kyle basically melted a tire off at the first day, 13th, 9th, 2nd. So, I don't know, man. I, I, I was happy with how things worked. You said something about Ashton Yates that was interesting. You said that's the fastest. He had a pair of 11s. You said that's the fastest a shabby BMW has ever gone around that track was this weekend. That's what he told me. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. So that's another thing. What's Shibe going to do? You know, What's we know Shibe that Shibe's do, yeah. always the last minute. Is he going to stick with the older BMW? Is he going to get a new one? Is he going to go to a different brand? Is he going to stay racing? So that's another that's another slot open. Yep. You know, and and maybe maybe Shibe, you know, goes to a different brand and finds something and gets that yep. bike even more competitive because the bike's got plenty of speed. Yeah, you know, with Shibe. The other thing yeah. I want to say about that trans, the World Superbike transmission thingy, though, in Superbike, yeah. is that you still can run a stock transmission if you want to. So you don't even have to spend the money. You, you know, right, you don't, right, you don't right, need right. to do that. Yeah, yeah. And and that's one thing that people like don't don't mistake the fact that you know if 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 a team like Disrupt Racing who kind of is easing their way into Superbike and they're getting a little bit here, a little bits and pieces there, it's not like they have to go out and spend that money and put that transmission in there. It's available to use neutral. Is it going to be a disadvantage? Yeah. I mean, yeah, no question. It might be. The, the majority of people that I spoke with about it, Jason, who who are in the know, the kind of thought was that it's it that transmission at tracks where we could use first gear and maybe do use first gear is pr- it could be worth a half a second a lap just by using that neutralless transmission. So anyway, that that that's that. So and look, we may have new people coming up, you know, from Supersport maybe. Um, you know, you have people that are going to lose their jobs. You have maybe Petrucci doesn't come and then maybe they look to Europe. Maybe they look in this. There's so much stuff that's going to happen over the next couple of months. And we'll, of course, keep you posted. Yeah, we will. And we'll give opinions on some of that. Let's get through super sport, Greg. We already had a champion in this one, so we don't need to spend a lot of time on it. Um, but, (laughs) but literally race one was one of my favorite races of the entire season because, Rocco Landers ended up winning that race over Heron and Mesa. And what a great show those three put on for us. And it was a very strange race because both, both Mesa and Landers came from quite a ways back. Josh got out to a quick start, got ahead of Ty Scott. Ty Scott pushed him early and, and, and then Ty started going backwards a little bit. So, but while he was going backwards, Rocco and Mesa were coming forwards together. They both got past Ben Smith and then they kept moving forward. They both ended up passing Ty Scott. Then they got up onto the back of Heron, and then Rocco passed uh, Heron. And those guys, they were distinctly both better in different places, weren't they, those two? And Mesa the whole time was right there, even got himself up into second for a moment in the race. Um, but Rocco, the strategy that Rocco had kind of at the beginning of the year where he was using a little bit harder tire than everybody else, it didn't pay off at the beginning of the year. At Barber, he was able to make it pay off and work. And I thought it was one of his best wins that I've ever seen from Rocco, even though I know he dominated at Brainerd the way he did and, and checked out. This was more like you really got to race for it. Him and Heron went back and forth. And the second day, so we kind of had a tire win the first day because Rocco made the better decision for himself, rode great. All three guys rode great. Jarrett Nassani was fourth. Um, 
Uh, sorry about that. Uh, Jarrett, uh, Benjamin Smith was fourth. Ty Scott, Nassani was sixth. First day. The second day, we had this little downpour of rain, didn't we? And it was really a tire choice of what you wanted to put on, Greg. And uh, Heron and Mesa, I'm sorry, uh, Ben. a few of the guys, Heron put on wets, and a few of the other guys, like Rocco, Mesa, they all went with slicks. It was actually a really funny race because the <laughs> first lap by, the first 10 guys that were on reins were like, 20 seconds ahead of the next guy on slicks. And it was a hard race to call for us too. It was. I viewer, yeah. I hope the viewer didn't get too confused. We tried, we tried our yeah. best because it was so weird. You know, I mean, how often is it that you have the rider who finished in ninth place, have the fastest lap of the race. Yeah. 12 seconds faster than the guy who won the, the winner. Race. And what, how, yeah. how funny must it have been for Heron to go past Rocco, to go past Mesa. They both gave him a thumbs up and a wave as he went by. And he's out there, you know, on a drying track on reins. And then he gets past, and I'm sure Heron's trying to do the math of like, oh, my God, how much faster are these guys going? Because they were going 10 seconds, 12 seconds a lot quicker than him at the end. You're 100% like, right. I spoke with him <laughs> after the race. That's exactly what he said was going on. He was just doing math in his head. Yeah. Because he you was still incredible? going fast. He was still going fast. And what's what's interesting is is because – we didn't get to see it. Like we even even like in the commercial break, they didn't push in tight on Josh's tires. But Heron told me that that Ducati's so good on tires that his his rain tires looked brand new. He said I could have kept amazing pushing and pushing, and that's why he was still doing in the one forties or one forty. He was one forties. You're one hundred percent right. Yeah. yeah, and he did a one forty point one as his fastest lap of the race. So as his fastest lap of the race. So very interesting race there. I thought it was entertaining. Pumped to see Luke Power get on the box again. Great, and Ty Scott also finish the season off. Uh, in really third well. place and it, yeah I, it, it was a really interesting race i haven't heard people talk much about luke power yet but i can tell you jay i've heard a lot of chatter about ty scott and so even you know ty wins a race he finishes on the podium a couple times you know i think that there's a lot of perspective that this is a brand new bike the gsxr 750 you know it, it's a bike that's being developed like like his his uh kind of up and down season ty scott Nobody has looked at that and said, "Oh, he's not as good of a rider as we thought he is." He is he is a hot property in this off season right now, Ty Scott. Oh yeah, well, you know look, what I mean. Look, and, but, but it happens sometimes, doesn't the it? GSXR seven fifty is going down a development path right now, and there's a lot of little things that need to be fixed on it. It's not it's not what everybody thinks it is. All the whining and crying about how unfair it was at the beginning of the year. <laughs> like, how did it do? It won one race. It won yeah. one race, and yeah. it's like. The, the fact of the matter is, is it's like the rules this year were fine. You know, a Suzuki yeah. won, a Cowie won, a Ducati won, a Yamaha won, a Triumph won a Triumph the 200. Won. So when you look at it, I think overall for the year, everybody, I had people bitching at me before the first race of the year was even started when this whole thing came out. They're like, <laughs> oh, well, this bike is screwed and I can't forward that bike. And this is, I'm like, you guys. Don't you got to see how this plays out just a little bit? This is this is racing the way we know it now in the world. There's a balance. Yeah, but Jason, everybody's but that's trying the to way come politics across. are, right? If this oh. person gets elected, the entire world's going to collapse. I have a crystal ball, and I know everything about it. And people would just go to their grave, like, thinking that they know everything is going to happen. It's like, man, just, relax. Give it a chance. It just shits me. It's like, just Let's chill. Let's just see what like, happens. Yeah. See where this goes. And, of course, none bit, of those you know? people, Jay, now – are going like, well, I guess I was wrong. You know, nobody's right, like, right, right, right. You, you yeah. know, I mean? it's always they just keep they just keep quiet now, and we're just like, look, yeah, I'm I'm so happy right. with. I actually really like where Supersports headed. I think that the ability to to you know adjust those motorcycles to be competitive, to give each bike its characteristic. The R6 yep. is really fast. 
you know, in the corners. The GSXR 750 has more torque than a 600, and it's decent. It's really good coming off the corner. The, the, my, what impressed me the most was not not just Heron. I mean, Heron we know is talented, but yeah. no matter how talented you are, as we've seen from Petrucci, unless you have a bike underneath you that, that's capable of winning, you can't win. You know, like right. it's it's there's only so much the rider can do to overcome. So tip of the cap to Ducati, you know, for developing this bike before 100%. World Superbike and all that stuff. And and Heron's team for for putting a a bike underneath them. But you know, we look to this class and we just look at at the names. What's Benjamin Smith gonna do? The guy needs to stay here, be talented. Ty Scott, I, I you know, he has a vision wheel. Uh I, I think his deal's up. Jared Nassani's really coming on on the 750s, finding his rhythm. He wrote great. I, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Dominic Doyle's another, you know, another guy um that we look at. So there's a lot of there's a lot of talent in the class. What's going to happen with Sam Lockoff? You know, there's been a lot of rumors about him and what he's going to do in yep. his future. Is he staying in super sport? Is he possibly going super bike? Is he going to go to Europe? I don't know. So there's yep. a lot to be decided. So really pumped about the off season as we learn about that as well. Uh, what class you want to talk about next? Junior Cup? <laughs> well, Junior Cup, let's just, just talk about it because it was insane. I mean, Junior Cup, Cody Wyman comes in here. I would almost say you could really, really tell in his post-race interview on Sunday how much this was weighing on him throughout the course of you know the season or the weekend uh first race out was just insane Kayla Yakov beats Lamandri Jr. um by nothing as he he ran out of gear coming across the line Gus Rodeo finished third and I think that really to me plays out a bigger point because if Gus wins that race and Cody finishes fourth or fifth man the pressure cooker would have been on Cody a lot more on Sunday yeah the whole everything's different yeah Gus rode amazing. He just couldn't quite get to the front when he needed to. And um, Kayla made a great pass on on LaMondre and Rodeo. Cody ended up fourth over Spencer Humphreys, who rode great. Ryota Ojawara, who is from Japan. I hope he comes back for full season next year because he was incredible at 14 years old. 14 years old, never seeing these tracks before and doing what he did, I thought was, was pretty impressive. But on day two, basically, Cody Wyman needed to finish eighth or better. And he finished eighth. And I, I, it's pretty funny. I talked to his dad for a minute at, the, at that party on Sunday night. And dad was kind of like, oh, you know, it would have been cool if we could have just been a little bit closer. I'm like, listen, nobody's going to talk about the eighth place. Nobody cares. And had he crashed trying to win, you'd be in here telling me right now, like, what the hell is he doing? All we got to do is finish eighth. Yeah, I you wish he'd slow down a little. Yeah, wish he'd like, what down, are we doing? Yeah. So the fact that, that Cody, look, you got to lock up your first championship. He was in a position to do that. He had a lot of pressure because everybody in front of him was running right. Gus Rodeo did what he had to do. He barely beat Kayla across the line over Ojawara, who was third on that day. Lamondre and Humphrey Spencer, uh, Spencer Humphreys again rounded out our top five. And when you look at it, it's like I was super pumped for Cody because that feeling of pressure you could tell when he got there. You you, you made you you did it the best when you were talking to the guys after the race, like. Cody starts by saying, you know, I don't want to get too emotional. And then within, you know, <laughs> 15 seconds, he's about ready to turn into a puddle, which fair play to him. I loved it. I, you know, it shows how much it means to him. He deserves to be on a good bike next year and whatever class he decides to ride, because he's going to be able to ride anything. And, um, you know, he ages out of this class, so he can't defend it. So he'll be on something else next year. Um, yeah. We're going to lose a lot of riders in this class next year, G-Dub, from what I understand. Gus is going to be gone. Kayla wants to move up. LaMondre wants to move up. Um, obviously, Cody's gone. 
So I counted, I counted five right off the bat that I think are jumping up next year to another other classes potentially. And so it's going to be interesting to see where everybody lands. Yeah. I mean, let's just not discount the race one pass that Yaakov made at Unreal. the end of the race. I mean, she was like fourth place, I think in turn five. And I, I literally thought she had no chance to win just because of how the whole race unfolded. So yeah, I mean, Kayla didn't have to prove anything to anybody as far as I was concerned, but she proved so much to so many people in the ballsy ass pass that she made Unreal. to win that race in race number one. And I was told when I was leaving the track, one of the guys who does parking, he does it kind of in the morning and in the evening, in the afternoon, whatever he was, who works for the, like works there. Um, he was in the corner when she made the pass and he said the whole freaking, uh, Hill. hillside exploded yeah. like with people just screaming and cheering. And it's, it's that type of stuff. I mean, she's going to be in people's memories forever for that pass. And, Again, we can't talk enough about the race intelligence and all no, that kind incredible. of stuff. And incredible yeah. young lady, and she's just great. I, I mean, like, look, we know how great she is on the bike. She's, I mean, she might even be better off it. She's just such a, a great person, and I want to see her on something good. I want to see her on. A, I think well, I, she makes you know, she makes fun of me a lot. I don't know. Nah, she I mean, yeah, doesn't everybody? Like that. Hey, let's talk. Let's talk about Twins Cup real quick, G Dub, because I want to talk about Blake Davis. This kid rode an amazing race on Sunday. He didn't have to be up where he was. His title rivals were behind him. They had no chance of winning the race. Blake fought and went to the front early. And when it was all said and done, Blake Davis wins the championship for the N2 Racing uh, Bobblehead Moto team. And uh, he ends up fourth. Caleb DeCrail looked like he was on a bit of another level this week. Um, he came, came back from Magello. Did you talk to him at all? I didn't, but he was the I'm only one so in the race mad. to do a twenty nine. He was on another level. He didn't was, do like yeah. he didn't just do like a twenty nine nine. He did a twenty nine four. I think the next insane. fastest lap of the race was a thirty point one. I mean, he was like another. Bye. But he came yeah. back from Magello, and I meant to go find him and talk to him, and I didn't, which is my bad. This is a classic Greg, and I don't actually cover, so it's enough for us to try to cover all the riders that we or the classes that we do cover because of the riders that are there. But Caleb wrote awesome. Um, you know, good way to go out after trying to defend that championship. T Cobb second. Glotty, Ben Glotty, love seeing him finish third. Uh, the Robum team did a nice job there to get two of their bikes on the podium. They were right next to each other, by the way. Blake Davis goes on and wins his championship, ends up fourth. Dom Doyle fifth. The two main title contenders, Jody Berry, who had the championship lead for so long at the beginning of the year, he ended up sixth in this race. Maziato, a very uncharacteristic eighth with Hayden Schultz slammed in the middle. You know, um, Blake, I saw Blake on the track yesterday for about two corners. Uh, he was on an R6 yesterday, so he was obviously riding the N2 bike, looked super fast on it, super great on it. I think that he'll probably be riding that bike next year, a, a super sport bike because of how good he looked on it. Um, and it's a young man I'm looking forward to getting to meet more and talk to um, as we cover that class. But very worthy champion, very difficult class. Twins Cup at the beginning of our careers, or at the beginning of the career of Moto America, was more of like a support class, and it's just turned into this like crazy, crazy like. It's you, a stepping you, stone class now. Yeah, you better right? have your stuff together getting in there. Yeah, yeah, it's a stepping stone class with a lot of people throwing a lot of effort into it, and it's fun. And I think it, it attracts team owners because of what you can do to that bike. There's a lot of you know, bits and pieces that you can add and stuff like that. So it's, it's been really cool to see what the paddock did with twins cup. I think Moto America's I idea what twins cup was going to be and what it's turned into was because the paddock decided what twins cup was going to be. And that's the part 
that I that I like to see so much. Jan, let's I talk- like I like the fact that I like the fact real quick, G Dub, that we yep. actually have proper proper teams. It's you know when yeah. this thing started, G Dub, you and I used to go around the paddock, and I remember, um, I remember watching you know seeing the bikes and this and that. I mean, like you got teams like Veloce, and and you got teams like Robum. Obviously, N two took a huge interest in this class. The Cycle Tech team. BarkCon's been around there in this class with Dom uh, Doyle. I mean, pure attitude. There's a number of teams that have really like, actually, this is the class. And it's given the Junior Cup guys and girls a place to move up to. And it's fierce. It's really, really fierce. So, yeah, I'm looking plus, forward to you know, making sure that. Plus, too. Yamaha's got a keen interest in it because Correct. they sell the R7, right? The R6 yep. isn't sold anymore. So you can kind of see Yamaha's interest in Supersport isn't there as a corporation. And uh, and obviously Aprilia, you know, with the 660. Yeah. So it, that's also kind of what it's morphed itself into. And it's it's the manufacturers coming to Moto America saying, what about the possibility? I, w- I would venture to say too, Jay, that Twins Cup seems to be, because of the amount of modifications you can do to those bikes, and they're not as expensive as a superbike, it's almost like a superbike starter class at this point in terms of like teams. So how do you yeah. deal with these yeah. parts? How do you deal with these, making these, these um, modifications last and then, uh, personnel as well. And it, I don't know, Jay, I mean, I don't know how much electronics are in twins. I don't know much about what people are actually running versus the rules, Yeah, but you also have to think it'd be a good training ground for mechanics. It'd be a really good training Everything. ground for electronics people and that, yeah, it's, it's, it's intriguing, you know, and, and who knows, Agreed. I can tell you this, that I know that the powers that be who control the rules in world Superbike have, you know, twins cup has turned their head, you know, yes. the possi- well, it would, think- wouldn't it? It would, yeah. yeah. And I think the possibility of maybe something like this landing in Europe in a few years, it, it's out there. You know, it's, yeah. it's definitely out there. And Moto America leads the way. And I like that. Well, you talked about, you know, some people having really good race weekends and, and you know, who are champions and all this kind of stuff, right? Unfortunately, Corey Alexander was not one of them. In the stock yeah. thousand class, Hayden yeah. Gillum ends up winning a well-deserved win. Uh, he was out front anyway. Jeff May ends up second place. Andrew Lee ends up third. Brandon Posh, uh, Mesa in fifth. Travis Wyman and Corey Alexander ended up on the ground. And yeah. uh, what we heard happened was pretty, it was pretty scary, man. Did you see the video? Scary. You didn't see the video of it? No. And and I know that that we didn't catch it like our TV truck, but it was on closed circuit. So I never actually got to see the video of it. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. No, was... I did see the video of the of, of the BSB crash where the guy got caught in the oh, rear, yeah. rear, yeah, rear yeah, yeah. tire. That was pretty yep. sketchy, but I didn't that see that bad. one. Yeah, no, there's there, the BSB, sadly, and I mean, we don't, that's, right now we don't even have time to talk about all that stuff because there's so much more to talk about, but BSB, there's some guys yeah. got pretty hurt over there this, this weekend, and so we're wishing all those guys speedy recovery. I just fired you off the closed circuit of the video of uh, of what I got. Travis actually sent it to me, but Travis just basically lost the rear in the last corner, in the second to last corner, and Corey just, Corey, like, you know, in those incidents, in those instances, Man, you got a choice to make, and it's hard. And um, you know, you can see the concern for Corey. Corey was pumped; he was okay. I was stoked. Trav was okay because I was worried about him. Um, but dude, we can't take anything away from Hayden Gillum. He was, he stud. dude, he was a stud. He was great. Mm-hmm. He, he there was yeah. nobody was going to beat him. Nobody was going to beat him on this weekend. He was running in the twenty fours pretty consistently. Um, he just looked amazing all weekend long. I predicted he'd win by five seconds. He ended up winning by almost nine. And, yeah. um, you know, if you watch the race, Corey kind of tried to stay there early. There were a couple of distinct places where Hayden was just a little bit better. And then Corey kind of came backwards 
and then Travis went by him, and that's when that whole thing kind of started. Jeff May was in there. Sick to see Jeff May do well. Andrew Lee gets on the podium again for his team. So when you start to look at things, it's it's Stock 1,000. It's really funny because I have people come up and say, hey, Jay, what do you think about me doing Stock 1,000 possibly next year? And it's like, well, it's not easy. <laughs> Stock 1,000's just not easy right now. And, um, you know, looking forward to see where that goes next year as well. Royal Enfield Build Train Race had a championship as well. And right. Kaylee Bike, I believe, had a 10-point lead in the championship. And at the end of the day, she was able to win that race over Chloe Peterson and Crystal Martinez. She won by one and a half seconds. It's it's weird to watch that racing, Jason, because it's not like our typical races where you see someone get out front, they kind of lead, and they're good. It, the lead ends up swapping, but it, it's it's not because they're, they're nose to tail. It's like, I don't know, like racecraft. They're still developing, I think, a lot of their racecraft. But congratulations to Kaylee Bike on the uh, on the Build Train Race Championship. I know in speaking with her, Jay, it meant a lot. And why wouldn't well, it be? I mean, yeah, they built these cool. bikes themselves, and you know what I mean the whole the whole situation. So, uh, yeah, that was that was really. cool. I actually watched a little bit more of that stuff this year, and um, and yeah, it's a cool series. But you're right; you got to remember these girls are learning how to race. They're learning how. A lot of them haven't raced before, and the ones that have. Haven't done a, a tremendous amount, so they're the club racing, right? Like you know, yeah. yeah. So they're very mm-hmm. invested. Also, G Dub, this last um, was last weekend. We had Talent Cup, uh, North American Talent Cup, and we Jesse Shedden. Yeah, Jesse Shedden ended up winning both races. Um, I didn't get to really watch them, which was a bummer because obviously with production meetings and all the stuff that goes into that, Chris Clark and um, Alessandro Demario in race one were your podium, and in the second race. Demario ends up finishing second with Logan Cunnison ending out your podium. So, you know, G-Dub and I will talk obviously a lot more about Moto America as the weeks come and as the weeks yeah. go. I, Dude, I had a blast this year with you in the in the box. and uh, No, it was great, dude. It was great. Yeah, it was and awesome. I, and, and, I, and I am, you know, I'm happy to be a part of the series. I'm happy to be a part of the association that we are. And seeing Wayne there this weekend was cool. It was awesome, um, yeah. And, uh, and so, yeah, one, one I'm quick, one quick thing, on. Jay, on the, yeah. on the North yeah. American talent cup side, yeah. uh, you know, Alex Enriquez ends up finishing yeah. like, uh, in fourth place in race number two, Alex was the lo- is the lone American that actually got selected to the Red Bull rookies cup. Very cool. Uh, for, for Very next cool. year. So All yeah, right. really, really good kid. A lot of fun. Met him a couple times so far and just loaded with personality, really oh, pumped great. for Enriquez and going to, going to keep, you know, keep a closer eye obviously on the results for Red Bull Rookies Cup moving forward for next year. Yep. Very cool. Love that. All right. So then this thing happened called MotoGP at the same time. <laughs> kind of. I mean, they were in Japan, right? Yeah. Um, and so the 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 race was uh it was it was interesting, the MotoGP race, to say the least. Yeah, it was. Uh, at the end of the I day, I wouldn't say Jack- it was the most exciting. When you look no. at the results, you think, oh, this has got to be an exciting, crazy race. But it wasn't like the most exciting race. There was a lot of stories though. Yeah. It was less stories. It was, it was kind of weird, but Jack Miller ends up winning the race by three, you know, of course, right. He doesn't ride for Ducati anymore next year. It's like all of a sudden you sign a contract with somebody else and it's like, I win. So Jack Miller ends up winning 3.4 seconds over Brad Bender and Jorge Martin. They had a great battle pretty much till like maybe what two laps to go. And then Bender kind of got the best of them. Mark Marquez, who was your pole sitter in a crazy qualifying, ends up in fourth place over Miguel Oliveira, Luca Marini, Maverick Vinales in seventh, Quadraro wow. in eighth. That's your that's your championship points leader, by the way. It's crazy. Anea Bastianini 
also kind of in this championship in a way. He's in ninth place and on back, okay? Cal Crutchlow, your last rider. Now, Alicia Spargaro, who is third in the championship, scores zero points, but he finishes in 16th. Oh. Your championship points leader, oh. or no, your championship second place, who had was 10 points behind or whatever, championship points leader, Quadraro, Peckle Bagnaya, DNFs with half, what, four corners to go? Unbelievable. What would have to be characteri- no, characterized as it was an like, ill-advised pass attempt? We tried it the lap before, but you cannot, no matter what, at all costs, your worst day has to be one position behind Quattararo, which is where he was. And he still can live to fight another day. And, you know, it's really funny, Greg. They always say you're as good as your last race. And if you would have gone and talked to anybody at Ducati then, I doubt they were just saying that we had a four-race winning streak coming into this. Because that is a serious blow when your rider makes... I mean, honestly, G-Dub, I, I, these guys are way above anything I've ever done in my life. That was a rookie mistake. It was a really bad Rookie spot. mistake. But, he, but only eight points advantage because, I, uh, okay, so Aleish on the so warm-up lap has problems. Aleish has yep. problems. He pulls in. He hands his bike to the mechanic kind of violently. And then the thing hits the deck. He jumps on the other bike, and he's got to start from the back of the grid, right? Yep, yep. That was weird. That was weird, number one. And then the fact that Pecco was stuck with Quateraro back in eighth with Miller on equal equipment gone at the front was just, gone. I don't know. It was it was just a weird race. But it do you was, think it's it a just, product of just showing you, I didn't get to read the whole article today, but basically I saw where Marquez has kind of come out saying you won't have a season like 19 ever again where guys are battling at the front because the the technology and the bikes now has, has made it to where it makes it a lot harder to do things. So, you know, when you look at it, G-Dub, and you think, well, Miller just took off and went out front and was gone. The only guy that's been able to show him the ability to really still pass is Bastianini, isn't it? I mean, Bastianini is. Yeah. And and now Ducati's in a real, real predicament because Bastianini still has a shot at this championship. And the guy that they want to win the championship or thought might win the championship keeps crashing. So, you know, it's like mm-hmm. when you see Tardazzi getting all, you know, getting his panties in a twist because Bastianini goes past. Um, oh, oh, shit. Sorry. When you, I, I forgot what I was trying to say, G-Dub. When you see Bastianini try to go past Bagnaia, you sit there and you think to yourself, like, what is he supposed to do? He's still in the home of the championship with four or five rounds to go, right? Yeah. Yeah, there's a, there's four rounds. So there's 100 points left, and Bastianini is 39 points back. Yep. yep. Doable. Yep. Definitely, you know. Yep. It's it's way doable because there's enough Ducatis that can get between him and Quattraro. Yeah. And there's other bikes that can get between him and Quattraro. And now well, Thailand's going to be another – I mean, Thailand's going to be a very difficult track for the Yamaha if it gets behind early. Hard place to pass. Very interesting race, but we'll see what happens the next round. Quattararo just has I got one magic. for you. I got I, I got one for you real quick. Sorry, I foobarred there for a minute. That's fine. I got a text. From, I just got. I sent you the, the video of Travis crashing. Okay, but it never it never reached me yet. No, no, of course it didn't. You know why? Because I no. sent it to Travis. <laughs> so he just texted me in the middle of this podcast and said, "Are you trying to make me hurt more again?" And I said, I'm <laughs> like, "So that's why I went." Oh shit! Sorry. So. That was my, karma. my you know, karma. Hey, we're live. You know, we're live. Uh, yeah, we're, <laughs> but yeah, that's what happened anyhow. So getting back to it, it's like yeah, Bastianini is still right in the middle of this championship. So much can happen. Jorge Martins riding great. I mean, 
I don't think you can count on Zarco too much anymore. He started on front row and went straight backwards and continued yeah, to go backwards. Yeah. But yeah. Marini, amazing ride, right? I mean, look at Marini right now. I mean, he ends up sixth here, but he's trending hard right now. And then what about like Oliveira? Oliveira rode really well, finishes fifth. I mean, yeah, I next year is going to be great. This year is going to be good. I saw a thing where Crutchlow, and I love this, Crutchlow came to the line and the dash was flashing something. And when he got to the line, he forgot to turn all of his aids on to start. So he had, he went full old school start. And he said, the problem is now he's like, when you catch somebody, it takes you three laps to pass them. Then you get to the next guy, it takes him three laps to pass him. He honestly said with his lap times, he says, he said that he would have been eighth or ninth in that race. Had he, and I know if my head ball should be my uncle type of thing, I get it, but <laughs> all right, I get it. But if, if my, he ends yeah. up finishing, if, if he ends up finishing eighth or ninth, and he's at that point would have been nine seconds ahead of Morbidelli, where he ended up finishing right with Morbidelli. Point two, yeah. Point two, like, I, dude, what are they going to do with Morbidelli? Uh, I, the changes are coming. Okay, got new motor. They're going to leave him. See what happens. He'll be fine yeah, next I just year. I think it's all of it's. DJ Antonio has not been good. Rins, we saw his bike break. Unfortunately, Darren Bender fell. Uh, it was a very interesting race. Did you watch Moto2? Uh, yeah, I did watch Moto2. What did you yeah. think of Moto2? I figure, I mean, you know, I, I, feel, I feel like you're the one that has to talk about Moto2. No, I mean, it's fine. You talk about Moto2 for sure. I mean, I can tell you the results, okay? No, it's your boy. Because... Oh, it's delightful. Uh, this championship is just mwah. So I have Gora beats Augusto Fernandez, Alonzo Lopez, Jake Dixon, Chantra in fifth, another kind of resurgence. We expect him to step it up next weekend, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, Arbolino in sixth, Pedro Acosta in seventh, Arenas, Bo Schneider. Uh, Cameron Bobier ends up finishing in 11th, and he had definitely an interesting race. We didn't get to see much of it, but I did speak with Jake Zemke about uh, – about Cameron's race, he kind of summed it up for me. But Aaron Kinnett, dude, what's up? You know, Fietti, you know, like it's just <sighs> crazy. There's just too many mistakes that are happening in, in riders that we think should be involved in this championship, which ends up now the championship for Moto 2 is still Augusto Fernandez, 234 points, but Iogura's got 232. So there's only two points between them with four to go. I mean, who are you giving the nod to, Jay? What do you think? Well, you know, the one guy that doesn't make mistakes is, or hasn't, hasn't, I should say, is Augusto Fernandez, right? I mean, yeah, he always finds himself going to the front. He's always good at the end of the races. He ends up second this week. That's, I mean, that's great. Put yourself on the podium every week. I thought Dixon, Dixon's the guy that's made a big step this year. He stops crashing. He's going to be, a, he'll be a title contender for next year. But I saw he signed back with that team again for next year. Joe, Joe and Cam are riding around together at the end of the race, right? I mean, they Cameron only beat him by a tenth. Yeah. Crazy. But but Cameron was up to like fourth at one point, and then he just kind of kept fading backwards. I never Joe, saw that. I saw the beginning. I watched the beginning of the race on Saturday night, and he was like seventh. Yeah, but the first six kind of got away, and then then he then he started fading. Zemke oh. goes, he was, he he got such a great start and he, I can't remember what corner it was. And he goes, he gets to the end of the straightaway and just forgot to turn. Awesome. <laughs> I was oh, like, boy. yeah, I did that once. And uh, oh, here we go. 
Here we go. So you're going to draw a comparison to Cam Bobier right now. Is that what you're going to do? I'm going to draw a comparison to Cameron Bobier and me oh, in Arena Cross God. in my very first race ever on a dirt Well, there's bike. a lot of things there. So let's just skip past that one, shall we? Anyway, anyway. good championship. It's going to come down. I have a feeling this one's going to come down to the wire. Unless Iogora and Fernandez, unless they hit the deck and, and give one of the other ones 25 points, I just I I just think that this one's going down. Who, and it's, who do you, it's a two-horse like? race. Who do you like? You know what? I I mean, I know you love Agura. I mean my 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 I want Agura because obviously, you know, I took a picture with him, blah, blah, blah. But Fernandez has a swagger about him that just seems very calm and mature beyond his years. And it just kind of seems that in all the championships I've seen people win, that ends up winning more than it doesn't win. Can I, t- can I take my feel on it, G Dub? Sure, a hundred percent. It's your podcast. I think if they're both going to MotoGP next year. It's a lot harder. I think Augusto Fernandez has got a contract. He's going to MotoGP. This is last year in Moto2. He wants to go out and win. I mean, he wants to go out with a Moto G with a Moto2 World Championship. Yeah. And I just feel like that team has shown more consistency this year. A lot of his no scores or bad finishes have already been there. They've happened. Agura as well. But I think on a consistency level, I'd give the nod to Augusto Fernandez for this year. Okay. Now, with with Lopez finishing third and having some good results as of late, do more do people switch off of the Calyx chassis and go for the Boss Cora? Yeah, right. um, yeah. So anyway, it's going to be interesting, right? Moto three. Wow. Wow well, is right. Moto three ended up being at Ethan Guevara, Guevara, and and Dennis Faggia ended up kind of eking away from Sasaki Garcia. Well, Sasaki was on his own. They ended up eking away. And I think Sasaki ends up in that race. It's his home race. A couple of his countrymen had fallen off. Yep. You know, at that point, Suzuki and Hamada hit the deck. So they were out of it. You're in a podium position. I think Sasaki kind of did the right thing. I think the risk reward at that point. But Ethan Guevara is he's next level. And you have to give credit yeah, to Faji for sticking around. But yeah. But no, you, you know what I mean? The best. Another level. I think so, and so when we look at when we look at the Moto Three Championship, it's an unusual race when you only have two people going to the line. Normally, it's like six or something like that. But um, if we're looking at the championship for Moto Three, Guevara leads at two fifty four to Sergio Garcia two oh nine. I don't I don't see Garcia right now surging. I don't see nope. Sergio surging. <laughs> see what you did there. Uh, I'm with you, G Dub, on this one. Yeah. I, Guevara's been a class act in this field. He's always finds himself at the front, and he's not afraid. He's not afraid to win, even when he doesn't have to. In this particular case, uh, he had nine and a half seconds over his teammate, so the battle was at the front. And I mean, this all but ended Fazio's hopes. He was not really yeah. a factor, anyways. But this, I think, even though he finished second, Guevara just just showing too much tenacity. It's going to take some. It's going to take no finishes. It's going to take a mistake. It's going to take a couple rounds where where Guevara doesn't score. And what do we got? Four rounds to go. I just don't see that happening. I think, I think Guevara has pretty much got this one sorted. Yeah, I think you're right. So yeah. You want to go to, let's do world superbike. Yeah. Do it. Throw it out there. Okay. So in world superbike, we had a race one. We had a super pole race yeah. and we had a race number two. And in race number one, uh, it was a whole hummer for first. You know, Bautista ends up checking out. Uh, the race itself was really interesting. 
uh, pretty much after Bautista because there were some riders that were really well-placed, including top-rack riders, Gottlioglu, who was well-positioned behind Bautista only a couple of seconds. And then you had Ray and Gerloff that just started charging really through the field. And so Ray ends up 8.6 seconds behind. Gerloff ends up with his first podium of the season, 9.2 seconds. So he was half a second behind Ray. Gerloff caught Ray so fast, I kind of thought he would throw him a shot. Rinaldi in fourth, Razgat Liagu, Likawona was right there as well in sixth, Alex Lowe's in seventh, Bassani, Locatelli, Laverty, Baz, Vierge on back through the field. Uh, Redding was a, was a non-finisher, Vandemark as well. Uh, in Super Pole race, which is a shortened 10-lap race, it was Batista by 1.1 over Ray. A. Lowe's gets himself a box, Razgat Liagu uh, on back, Gerloff ends up 10th in that race. And then in race number two, it was Bautista again. So the triple, man. And then Rinaldi, Razgatlioglu, Ray in fourth, Pisani, Vierge, Odal, Lukawona on back. Uh, Non-finishers, retires are Gerloff, Alex Lowe's, unfortunately, and Redding again. So you get it. How much did you get to see? I mean, I think, I, I think you saw most of them, right? Yeah. Saw it all. Yep. Uh, yeah. Had, had race one been the blueprint for what Super Bowl in race two was going to be. I thought it was going to be a very exciting weekend. It ended up not really being as exciting as I thought it was going to be, but, but interesting nonetheless, what'd you think? Uh, amazing. Yeah. I mean, like, look, at the end of the day, I think Alvaro Batista is an incredible, obviously a great, 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 great rider. All the guys that I know in world Superbike said, if he got on that Ducati, he's going to be a problem. He has, that has turned out to be true. So I'm assuming that next year they're going to dock the Ducati some speed, right? Because that's that's the narrative that they have created over there. And if I hear people go, well, if you look at the next Ducati, I don't care about the next Ducati. Because when Johnny was smoking everybody on a Cowie, they didn't go, well, the next Cowie. They just docked Cowie. They just basically detuned the bike to try to make the racing closer. And if you watch these races from a perspective as a, of a rider, okay, and – it's a joke how much faster the Ducatis are than everything else. It's not even, it's it's not even a race. Batista, especially with his size as well, is easier on tires. The bike is way faster uh, than anything else out there. Greg, I'm looking right now at speed. He went he went 3.29 down the straightaway. All right, Ray is at 3.22. Gerloff 3.17. Uh, and you sit there and you go like, you go like, I. It's insane to me that we haven't. Well, it's it's pretty wild that you can see that big of a difference, and that is what messing with rules does. Because now, is that what they do, G Dub? Do they dock the Ducati next year? I don't know. I mean, it's such a hard thing because you're. I think like if you look at Lukawona and the CBR, I mean. 326, 325, so you're yes. talking a couple K down, but the bike's not able to do the lap time. So it, it, it is a tough one. I mean, Bautista, hands down, has got some massive top speeds on everybody. Bautista was on that Honda means, last year, and it was nowhere. Yeah, I know, but that's what I'm saying. It's nowhere because it's, the bike won't turn and stuff, but the motor on that Honda is great. Yeah. So that's the question. I mean, I don't know. Do you nerf? Do you well, nerf well let's just be honest. When they, when, they, when, they, when they start docking people... And when they start going to manufacturers, and I listen, this goes back to our super sport earlier conversation where we're trying to balance things out. And I get it. I get it. I get it. We're trying to balance things out. 
But I also feel that when you look at um, what they have done, Ducati never gets penalized ever. Hmm. I mean, almost I'm, everybody's, what I, what everybody's going to think I'm hating s- on Ducati. I'm not hating on Ducati. I'm just no. saying. But come on, not, you I'm and I have been around not. racing a long time. A million years. Ducati always has, I'm not saying they do right now, but they always have special, always have had special rules. Well, we have a twin. Okay, you get more displacement and you get lighter weight. You know what I mean? Like it's always something with them um, from that front. But I'm almost, I'm almost wanting to say without understanding the technical rules and how much room the Yamaha has to grow. I know the Cowie's got at least 500 RPM that they could grow easily. I don't know the BM. I would almost rather see the rules go in the favor of speed and say, okay, we're going to open up Kawasaki, Yamaha, and BMW a little bit more to go match the Ducati. The easiest thing to do is just Agreed. nerf the Ducati, right? To, to, what? to turn that down a little bit. But, so but that's not the narrative that's been created over there. The narrative that's been created over there is we're going to dock motor. That's what they've done. We're going to kill motor. Mm-hmm. We're going to kill speed. Yeah. We're going to kill... RPM. We're going to kill acceleration. We're going to, so, so what you got to remember people out there that, that think I'm hating, I'm not hating because when you have a bike that's that much faster and that much superior, it allows you to be way easier on your tires. Like not even close. You look at Bassani and Rinaldi at the beginning of that race. Okay. That are racing with top rack and Johnny and Al Lowe's. It's, it's a nightmare for those other guys because they have to ride so hard. They have zero tire left, none, right? That's why Saturday's race was what it was. The guys that had a little bit more tire race and everyone's going to go, yeah, but, but that's part of the strategy. Yeah. Not when you got a guy that's nine seconds up the road, the strategy is you got to go as fast as you can to defend your position. You can't, you can't cruise around and just keep going backwards. So from a rider's perspective, I'm watching this race and I am, Looking at, I mean, even Bassani's tires were shot at the end. He's pretty new to superbike. The kid rides amazingly well. Um, and he went backwards in those races because his tires were shot. But the speed differential of guys legitimately privateer Ducati, don't know how good or how what spec it is compared to the factory bike. Do you? Do you have any idea? Bassani's bike? No, no. no. So when you look at it, it just rolls past everything else. And so does mm-hmm. Rinaldi's bike. If they come out of that last corner, they do not have to use their tire as hard coming out of the last corner as a Cowie or a Yamaha or even a Honda. Honda's having trouble getting the power to the ground. Maybe they'll figure that out. But when you look at all the other brands, those guys can be easier on their tires coming onto a fast turn like that, down that big long straightaway, and then they have the power on top of it. So they don't have to get off the corner as well, and they can still make an easy pass. It's... Um- I almost think what would make a difference instead of just taking motor out of the thing is if you have Bautista who has an advantage and you want to, you know, try to equalize the field, add weight. Cause if you add weight to the Ducati, that would, that would hurt the tire more and stuff. And, and the one thing, the one thing I do want to say, Jay, that I've been thinking about this for a couple of weeks, balancing racing is nothing new. Okay. I mean, there have been rules that have changed in the middle of the year as far back as we go. And I mean, one blazing example was, if you remember Chuck Graves in Formula Extreme when they were big bikes, he took an R7 chassis and wedged an R1 motor in that thing, and Damon Buckmaster went on a tear. <laughs> remember that? And three quarters of the way oh, through yeah. the season, they were like, "Nope, this isn't the spirit of the rule" or whatever, you know. And that's you know, like th- this stuff happens. So, but but what I do agree with, no matter how they end up doing it, is something has to be done. Something has to be done to because you have guys. Like Johnny Ray, who's an amazing rider, no fanboy, hashtag no fanboy, 
who has said he just, you know, they built the RR with 500 more RPM on the street bike, and you have a rules package that said, sorry, you don't get that 500 RPM. So we know that they have 500 RPM at least in the bank. Johnny says, can I get it back? The reality is he's not really getting it back because he never had the RPM because the rules were never in place. However, the guy's got to ride so hard, so freaking hard, and we've seen him do this before where he's got to ride so hard, he puts more at risk, and then he ends up hitting the deck. Yeah, How is that? It's the same for everybody. It's the same for right? everybody. And, right, but, and, and my point and Bautista is- Bautista was crashing a lot, right, before. Right, but at yeah. the end of the day, as I've said that a couple times this podcast, yeah, it's okay. We're tired. But World, World Superbike is, and Moto America and Moto GP, it's entertainment. It's great. And so when you have rules that don't allow good entertainment, that you have to put your superstars at risk to run with one other dude, it would make sense to stop and look at the rules and say, we need and to make are. some adjustments. They, yeah, they will sure be 100%. That, I'm sure that they're going to, yeah, oh, I'm yeah. sure they're going to change. Scott yeah. Smart and all those guys over there, they are, but- but the thing is, is that, is that, and there haven't been a lot of races where the guys won by nine seconds, but you can take a track like most, the little track and check that they raced at. And dude, he was literally going by people so much faster down a shorter straightaway than the, what you saw at Catalonia. Where yeah. are they off to next? I can't remember. I should know this. They're Portimao, of course. They're Portimao. Where are they going next? Yeah. yeah. Portimao. And, they, they, and they, add a, they add a rider. They add a rider to the... Uh... To the fray, one Jake Gagne. Yeah, it'll be great. But look, it you know when we sit there and we watch these races, um, they they're I love it. They're great. A couple guys, Gerloff. I love seeing him. You can tell the monkey's off his back. I was bummed about his Sunday. That was a bad Sunday for him. Um, I thought you know I thought Alex rode amazing all weekend long. He got qualified second. Um, he ended up on the podium, which is great. I, you know, there's a lot of guys that I saw. Bassani, amazing weekend from him. I mean, Lekawona, he didn't he get pole? Lekawona was on pole. Yeah, so, he was on pole. I mean, that, that's great for Leon Camier and that whole Honda team. You know, Johnny, it, it's so it's so weird when you talk about Johnny and Toprak on this weekend. And you, you, you look at these results and you go, well, wait a minute. Toprak finished fifth in race one? And you go like, huh? And then Toprak finished fourth in the Super Bowl race? You're going, huh? And then he was nine <laughs> seconds back and it, like you're going, huh? So it's like, it's, it's just, it's pretty wild how it, it has played out, especially coming off a of Magni core where the riders basically came out saying they got to hang it out as much as they can to even stay near that Ducati. Then you take him to a place like Catalonia and it's a walk in the park. If you are not watching, that's the end of my Superbike rant. If you're not watching world super sport, you're missing out. And I'm just going to talk mm. about Dominica Goethe for a minute. This guy wins every possible way that he can win, G-Dub. And yes. I watched both races this weekend. And um, the guy in the second race, and and for the most part for the year, is just so fun to watch. And he just is getting it done. And this was a big weekend for him. He now has a 36-point lead over um, uh, Lorenzo Baldessari. And uh, overall, both races, both races were really good this weekend. Um but Dominic Agurta, this is his championship to lose. It's going to be really interesting where he ends up. And I'll leave you with this on, on Superbike. Isn't it kind of weird that we don't know going into Portugal who Kota Nazani is going to be replaced by or if he's going to be replaced? They already talked that Remy Garner's replacing Garrett Gerloff. Garrett. There's no way they don't replace Nazani, correct? 
Nope, not no way. There's a possibility he stays. Okay. I mean, be- I'm just saying, what if a certain someone goes over there and really impresses people? What happens? He's got. We're talking about Jake Gagne. He's oh, got we are? A con- okay, good. Hey, we're t- he's got a contract in place <laughs> to ride in the U.S. Okay, yeah. Yeah. for next season. Now, inside the family, you don't know. The question. There's a couple questions. Number one: Does Jake Gagne want to go World Superbike again? Maybe. Oh, I, I think I, so. I, gu- I guarantee you, he would only do it. I don't on- know that. I don't know. That. Yeah, I mean, I've talked to him about it. He's kind of like, eh. I mean, he, he he likes going home. He likes, you know, it's it's all the cam stuff, you know. He, has, he loves the fans here. He, you're on top, you know. You're on top of the world here. You have your struggles, but you're on top. Um, how much interest is there to have an American over there? The reality is, you listening to this podcast, how many people watch World Superbike? There's just not a lot in the states that watch it. You know, we we certainly which is a shame because that's so good. It's it so really good. is good. Yeah, but the only way to really see it, I I believe, is just to watch it on WorldSBK.com. Not to mention the commentary is great with. Steve English and his partner, Steve you know? and Alex. Yep. Yeah. So, um, I, I don't know. I, I don't know. It, it, we'll see. Yeah. What we do know is this, there's going to be a ton of people that are coming over from the States. They're going to occupy that pit box because people are very excited. Jake is excited about it, but he's typical Gagne. Jason, as you, you know, we talked to him quite a bit at, at the, uh, after everything was done on Sunday, he's got a good perspective on what's going to happen. He's looking to go have some fun. You know, talking to Stan Boley, you know, he he would have fun if if they finish in the top 10. I, I don't think that's unrealistic. I think a win <laughs> would be more top six. What do you think? Uh, I think top 10 is amazing going over there. Here's the problem. The biggest problem is this, is... Let's just say, for argument's sake, there is interest with Jake over there. We are being yeah. completely speculative here. We, yeah, we know nothing, absolutely nothing. nothing. And I and I haven't even talked to Jake about World Superbike. No, I, I feel I, I like keep... I feel like as a writer, he feel like he has something to prove over there. Like regardless of what he would tell you, you know, he didn't ever get the he didn't really get a fair shot over there. Okay, yeah, um, he was coming off from taking. Um, a place that, you know, he took Nikki Hayden's place and that had to be hard, especially for the first half of the year. That had to be really hard. And it was a hard year and a half for Jake. The problem is it goes back to everything I talk about on this podcast all the time. People are tired of hearing of it. You could go over there. Let's say he finishes fifth or sixth and people are like, we want him. There's a reason why he's finishing fifth and sixth, G-Dub. Why is it? Richard Stamboli's crew, the whole thing in Majiggy Bobber. He's, he's comfortable, man. He's got a team that he trusts, he loves everybody I mean, John around Cornwell. There. I don't want to dis- John just Cornwell. John Cornwell. Yeah. Okay, Stamboli team owner, but his crew chief, John, is such a massive part of why Gagne is successful. That, that team, it doesn't matter what you just say the team because everybody team. on that team is team. great, right? And unless that's going over there with him, that's got to play into his decision, I think. Um, it I think does. money. I think money will be a factor because I don't think that the money is very good in World Superbike. And... There's a lot of things. It's not that as have good as when you're winning in. 17 races. I guarantee you that. No, no. But the thing you got to remember is, if Stamboli's motivated to go over there, because Richards never said anything like that to us either. Richards got contracts here next year. He's got a race here, right? As far as I'm, right. as far as I know, right? Yeah. So yeah, yeah. the thing is, is that is that that's the hardest thing, and that's what fans have to realize if you find out or you hear, oh, maybe Jake got offered a ride, but he turned it down to be here. It's not big fish in little pond. It's 
You need to make a living, number one. And unless you have all of the other little fringe benefits that make you happy as a writer, it's pretty hard to go over there and be successful. Now, that GYT, G, I always get the name wrong. Is it GYT or GRT? can't remember. GTR, GRT, oh, yeah, great. whatever. So GYR, you and I are yeah. as bad as each other. They've proven they got good bikes. They got great bikes. We've seen Garrett in the past run up in the front. So we know they got good bikes. But um, yeah, it would just be really interesting. I just find it kind of funny that we haven't heard. I don't, what would be the basis of Nozani staying? He's had two years there and he's done nothing. He's Japanese and it's Yamaha. I get that. I get that, but he's done nothing. I get that too, but. Nothing. He's not even been close, by the way. Like, we don't have one or two races where we're like, whoa, look at Nazani. He's up in the top five. We don't have. Well, listen, I'm sure he's a nice guy and all that kind of stuff, but if you. I'm if not railing re- him. I'm not. I'm saying I'm the guy writing the checks. Yeah, yeah, but we're in a results based business. And so you would yep. think logically that you would want someone who can get some better results. Yep. I think that I think the Nazani seat would be more of a hot seat. If Razgat Leaglu was gone and they needed to kind of beef up the stable of riders in Yamaha once Razgat, you know what I mean? So, but if, you know, since Razgat Leaglu staying, who knows what's going on? Development, politics, you know what I mean? Like all that's this race and everything plays into, into that factor. So I'm, I'm not going to lie. I would have loved to seen in a, if Top Rack would have won the championship this year with more Bedelli's results right now, it would have been interesting if there was an off season scuffle there of like, we got to try to figure out a way to get top rack over into MotoGP. And I mean, we're just, again, we're just talking like we're not talking. Yeah. I mean, the the biggest problem you want, you want to talk about like low money in world Superbike, right? Yeah. I mean, Morbidelli did his contract right at the height of when he was on like this massive podium streak. And you know what I mean? So second in the world championship. Yeah, exactly. So his contract is probably large and I don't think, I don't think there's any interest in Yamaha to take that salary and move him to the World Superbike Championship. And, you know, the only argument I have there with that kind of thing is even though you're paying the guy a huge amount of money, how much money are you spending to keep that traveling circus on the road for zero results? It's like, you know, yeah, again, but look at all of Honda. Like, they do that with yeah. Marquez and look at what they do at Honda, right? Nothing. Yeah. So, again, yeah, we don't know, Jay. It's, you know, it could be, it could be. That, that he is a great guy, that he is getting ready to get over a hump and he's going to be back to the old Morbidelli and, because- And I want mo- like, to. I love right? the guy. Uh, me too. It could yeah. be, you know, sponsors that want him there. Could, you know what I mean? Like there's so many things that play into it and it could simply be the money situation. It, it, you know, factory teams don't have unlimited resources. That's the bottom line. Speaking of unlimited resources, let's talk about something that we neglected to talk about. Because, Jason, you've made some unbelievable moves recently, and that's MotoGP Fantasy. Three, oh, forgot about uh, that? Three WSMC champs still leads the way. 1,687 and a half points. Slow to, slow to stoked is only six points behind now. Yeah. Okay, so we've, we've got a heated battle on our on our hands. Uh, a. Bernardi at 705 at 1672. In last place, in last place is fourth right now. Oh, there's Uper Mania. There's some people that are up in the mix, Jay. I I will say this Roger Hayden, 23rd right now. Wow. Like the number. Pretty good. You know what I mean? Living it. Pretty good. But I'm trying to see how about. Dude, I'm up. I moved up like 10 spots this week and I'm pumped. Uh, Greg and sucks, JP and Greg hold hands is in 30th, by the way. What? That's pretty good. I changed yeah. my team, but what was weird is it didn't change. 
So it's like I'm doing something wrong. I, I moved up to 253rd, just so everybody knows. I was 268. So I'm, 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 I've got three turbos left, Greg. Inside top 200 is doable. Well, listen, the big movers, the big shakers, all that kind of stuff. Um, Tavulia Terror, who's now in 32nd place, won the it won the week. Okay, with with 157 and a half points. Wow. Yeah. So wow. Miller, Bastianini, Ducati, right? Tur- he must have turboed Miller because Miller got him ninety-two caught, honestly, points. Honestly, if, if honestly, G Dub, if you had like, if you had Bagnaya and Alesha on your team, you got screwed. And then obviously Quattro didn't score many people a lot of points. So I had Vinales and yeah, a lot yeah. of a lot of shakeups as far as that yeah. goes. Yeah, 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 crazy. One hundred fifty-seven points. That's good a job. ton of points. Wow, that's pretty good. Yeah. Miller JP forty three Dream Team had one nineteen. Yeah, it's good for me. I finally won Uncle Skip's uh, part of that of this thing. I got you know I you you've dominated that this year. But I got I got five dollars <laughs> in my pocket on that one. And then in the Uncle Skip's other one, I'm still leading it. Luckily, I got stuck with Zarco. Anyways, thanks for everybody for uh, being part of it. We have fun doing this stuff with the with the uh, the podcast and everybody that's involved. Love getting all of your uh, your. Instagram messages about you moving up and talking crap about me and G Dub. Yesterday, Simon was on the plane with me, and he was going through because Simon is fully one hundred percent into this now, right? Yeah. And he was going through it, and he was just cracking up at the names of some of them. Oh yeah, know? dude, it is really, he really loves funny. It. He the creativity so of, funny. of the team names are awesome. You so, know, yeah, it's, it's great. I mean, yeah. I'm offended by them because I'm, oh, you know, yeah. I'm not a filthy animal like you, but mm. uh, I try right. to deal. You know, I call uh-huh. my therapist and try to deal. Well, listen, yeah. that's it, it for working. this podcast. Next week, we're going to be talking about MotoGP from Thailand. Who's going to win? How's Petrucci doing? How's the championship in Moto2 going to close up? It's got a lot of exciting things to talk about in that one. Of course, being one race, we're going to dive into that. Moto America is over. If there's yeah. any movement, you're going to want to pay attention to the news. If press releases are coming out, things are happening what's going to happen on the medallia superbike front and who's going to stay in super sport who's going to move up the twins by the way 55 riders tried to qualify for twins unreal. at barber with God, only 36 unreal. grid spots available everyone who qualified like there were people that were in the 110% qualifier for twins cup didn't even make the grid so if you showed up and you didn't make it keep at it keep racing keep getting your speed up it's good good to see all those people there Yep. Bummed yep. when people don't make the grid, you know? Yeah, well, uh, especially you can when relate. you make the cutoff time. I mean, I oh, yeah. you can relate. Uh, Even yeah, on factory yeah, equipment, yeah. you can relate. Nice work. What are you talking about? Uh, we're not getting Two, into it. In 2003, not, in hey, Sunday right, morning warm-up, how done fast here. was no, I? We're huh? done here. We're done here. Well, we're done here. Off. Hey, everyone, what? thanks for listening. I'm off to Chicago tomorrow, G-Dub. I can't stop traveling, so I'm off to Chicago tomorrow for four days. And then I'm home, and it's going to be nice being home. Simon's still trying to get me to go to Portimao. We'll see about all that. But everybody, you have a safe, great week and weekend coming ahead. We'll talk to you next week. See ya.